Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. What is up and welcome back to another Bull Mountain Brothers episode. How are we doing, boys? Fantastic. Pretty good. Sean, I um, I think I'm ready to just get right into it today. Usually we do a little bit of banter here, but we have a special guest. I'm excited. And I'd like to introduce him. Uh, today we have our good friend from Georgia, Alan Taylor. He's come up to have a good podcast, kind of learn a, bit, a little bit about him and uh, you know, his hunting upbringing and what it's like to be hunting in Montana a lot. And I don't know, honestly, I'd like to know a little bit about what it's like to hunt down in Georgia too. Absolutely. So, uh, Alan, welcome to the podcast. It's welcome. good to be here, guys. Um, Alan and Sean don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Sean, um, obviously kind of fresh in our lives, but Alan has, we've, I mean, how long have you known Alan? Matt? 20 this plus is, years. This huh? is 22 years that we've been here. Yep. So, and uh, so I was trying to think of the first time I met Alan. And I was really thinking back and really thinking back. I was like, we went duck hunting once. We did this. No, no. And then I was like, you know what? The first time I shot an elk was the first time that I That's met right. Alan. Yep. And that had to have been eight, nine years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, or yeah, seven, it, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, Ramsey was us. Yeah, he was, was down in the bottom hunting in the ladder stand, I think, or something. No, I rode with you guys all day. Yeah, you was yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. Oh, but Riley, yeah, Riley yeah. was down in the bottom. Yeah, and we met, uh, your son was with you, and he had to That's been right. like, 13 or 14 That's so right. i mean yeah quite a while a while ago so it's kind of cool to look back on obviously this is a relationship that was brought to us by knowing the shops and and whatnot but um throughout the years we've been able to reconnect throughout the year whether we do share a, a passion for waterfowl hunting sure. that's right and um whether we've been getting duck calls from you or hunting mm-hmm. with you we did man how many years ago now was that we went and hunted that spot so it was with, five years ago we went over towards Gardner, not Gardner, uh, Bridger. Red Lodge, Bridger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we went over there and did a, did a little hunt. It was uh, it was all right. We shot some woodies. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so we've been staying in touch with Alan, and we, we've been thinking, um, obviously, I'm, I see you once a year probably, twice a year, sure. Matt sees you more. We just kept thinking like, man, we'd love to have Alan. I mean, obviously, we'd love to have some some southern, southern, southern twang <laughs> on this podcast and Hope you get, a get some views. But we'd also like to know, <laughs> like, start it off with, uh, how'd you get into hunting? How long have you been hunting? Uh, when did it start and what did you start hunting? Give, give it to us all. You know, so we, we grew up in North Georgia, Northwest Georgia, a little community called High Point, Georgia. And, um, that's where I, I was raised. And, uh, my grandparents lived in center Alabama. So, which is about a, you know, it's a, it's an hour and 15 minute drive south or kind of Southwest of me. It's on a Lake Wise, a little crappy fishing lake, you know, and, um, so every weekend, my grandfather, he would come by and get me and we'd go to granny and papa's house every weekend. Um, and then for, when it come time for the summer, you know, I just spent the summer down there, you know, so, so Alabama was kind of home in a sense, because that's my, my most fondest memories as a child came with my grandparents in Alabama, because, you know, if we wasn't farming, you know, in the summertime, we was fishing. And then wintertime, if we wasn't, you know, uh, working around the farm, we was hunting something. And that's that's how Papa, single shot shotgun, you know, single gauge, 12 gauge shotgun and a Winchester 22. You know, we just loaded up and if no squirrels was running, no rabbits, no deer, no nothing, there was a can to shoot. There was always something to shoot, you know, as a kid. So you're in your younger days still, you have siblings, correct? I have an older brother. Older brother. And I and I know 
um, obviously the audience didn't know, but you guys are, you hunt together. Oh, yes. Um, does he share the same yeah. uh, values and right. everything that you do? Yeah, he is probably one of the most gifted people that I know. Okay. And, um, you know, when it comes to fishing, he has his master charter license, you know, so he runs charters out of the Florida Keys. Um, he's got a boat headed to Cobb, uh, to Costa Rica right now. Uh, we've got a big duck hunting spot in here. He does in South Dakota. You know, we're real passionate about duck hunting. And he just wants to see that dog work, and he wants to see the, the clients happy. Right. You know, that's what it's about. He won't even take a gun. You know, so we, we hunt. Right. You know, the greatest memory that we have together, as my, as my brother and I, is we shot uh, we shot those – what was six birds and they was all all everyone everyone was banded. No, oh, yeah. wow. I was just thinking of that yep. while you were yep. talking yep. a little bit yep. ago. That was you know six Canadians came in, six died, and our my son and his son, my nephew was supposed to show up that morning. It was cold. It was really cold that morning. They laid in bed, so my brother and I are sitting out there, and here comes these geese, and we wax them, <laughs> and some of them landed on dry ground, some of them landed in the water. Well, they was supposed the boys were supposed to bring the dog. Well, they didn't. So we're sitting here, we're holding four banded geese, and we're looking at two on the water, and we're thinking, there's no way. So the dog shows up, go get some. Sure enough, both of them is banded. Wow. You'll never. You'll, you sent me that picture. That will never happen again. Never. And maybe uh, maybe not even two. That's right. It'll never happen again. Six, six shots, six birds, six bands. You know, yeah. that's crazy. It's crazy. And that lies right along in what you're saying about I mean, you can't write that. You can't write that in a movie. You can't. That's what the best thing about being an outdoorsman about hunting is. Like, even that that one thing, one of the three days we went turkey hunting a couple weeks ago, that one day was unbelievable. We'll never have anything like that again involving a spring hunt like that. No, no, absolutely. Oh, no, no. Not with the snow, not with other experience. I mean, that. Well, we, I mean, we got a turkey, a bear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then stuck. Got the buried range, Dave's ranger sure. before yeah. I mean, noon. We buried his ranger, lost our muck boots in the hole. <laughs> and the and the the bear and the turkey that was all done before noon. I mean, that's just unreal. Yeah, we spent yeah. eight hours not hunting. That day. <laughs> it was still unbelievable fun day. So still to this day, I get I get dog signs. You know, whenever I go get retrieve a bird or something in water or on dry ground, because before I had my dogs, uh, we was goose hunting. And one landed in the lake is early season hunt, September. Still hot, you know, North Georgia. So I just stripped down to the shorts and took off, you know, swam out there and got it, you know. But so still to this day, it's like, hey, he can retrieve, you know, I'll go get one. Over, you know, they give you the sign. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just I, I can relate to that. It's well, I, that's so funny he brings that up. I was literally about to ask him, so as a waterfowl hunter, Alan, yeah. how many times have you done that? Strip down to go get waterfowl because I can I can't count it on two hands. <laughs> uh, several times, yeah. But that's when I learned I needed a dog because <laughs> being the dog is is tough. <laughs> it's really Ramsey was our dog for forever. <laughs> so last year we, we took uh, we took a group to South Dakota, and uh, the dog bless his heart he'd been hunting for like eight weeks or whatever. You know, just the dog was just done. He was nine year old, and. Uh, Goose season, duck season. So I said, oh, we're going to dry field. Let's just leave the dog at the house. My gosh. You know, you shoot the Canadian, he goes 600 yards. And you get halfway back, and then there goes the duck, 300 yards. And you're thinking, I should have brought the dog. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not fun being the dog for sure. No. But. Well, tell the story about the uh, 
the livestock pond that we hunt off that one time and we we jump we kind of didn't do the traditional decoy thing but we jump shot him off the pond and it was like basically uh it was opening weekend yeah and so, so it was hot oh yeah we we went out to this pond and and you, there's kind of a spot where you drive up and then uh you can you can see the pond you can see if there's mm-hmm. birds on it and then you kind of sneak around down because it's really th- ramsey speak into your mic there's really three ponds that it goes into depending on how wet it is and you yeah. can walk up underneath of it well we get down and there's tons of birds on it and it's just windy mm-hmm. windy's has like cool we shoot them you know they're gonna get pushed to shore because yeah. where we come up the wind's always in your face we get up how many we, sh- we shot four or five. no 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 we only shot um we only shot that one widgeon was it yeah and it floated out to the middle of this pond and this wasn't this is an unbelievable pond if if it ever works out sometime or we can meet up and take you here yeah it works one weekend out of the year, yep. and it's unreal. Like, you're done in 10 minutes, unreal. And this is how we kind of discovered it was this one weekend. And so we shot this bird. Wind stops. And somehow the older yeah. brother gets the short end of the stick. And I had, to, the bird. Yeah, I had to strip down to my skivvies. <laughs> and it, it's not a normal pond, yeah. like what most would be used to. Uh, you step into it, and it's cow, okay. livestock okay. mud up to your yeah. waist. Just nasty. And we had to swim out and get it. It was... Uh, too bad we didn't have it on video. It was awful. <laughs> and then I can remember another time dad has a, a German wire hair mm-hmm. and he'd been training or whatever. She, any bird, she'd go get it, you know, in the yard, whatnot. Cause he had the, the wings and stuff that sure. were sending oh, like yeah. a bird. Yeah. We shoot this goose and it does the same thing. It's out in the middle of the pond. This dog swims all the way out there, sniffs it, turns around and comes back. Oh <laughs> no. We lassoed that one with a rope. Yeah. Yeah. But it's who's just, the cowboy? Uh, probably dad. Yeah, probably. he's way smarter than we are. But uh, I could see that. <laughs> but then, no. But for real though, this pond is—it's what it is. It's—it's it's in the prairie. You would never think like it's yeah. sagebrush all around you. Sure. It's not even in a flyway. But there's like three ponds in this region. There's a, a public one that people do kind of hunt. It's hard to hunt. Two of them are public. Well, I guess both of them are public. The other one's a refuge, and it's huge. So oh, if there's okay. water in it. What happens at opening weekend is you have like t- 20 guys on the refuge in the pond. Yeah. And then we have the private pond. Mm-hmm. And so you just sit there and just wait. And like, it's very minimal calling, very minimal decoy work sure. and just hordes and hordes of ducks dumping into it. It's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. Yep. I bet the most birds, and it's probably the whole pond might be an acre. Mm-hmm. I bet I saw 2,500 birds on it one time. Yeah. yeah. Stupid. Nope. It was. Jeez. Unreal. No room for another one to land. Pretty much. So, yeah. All right. So let's go back to um, kind of your, your upbringing here. When did you – so there's kind of like a traditional, I feel like, growing up in the outdoors world. You do what you can do at a young age. Like I'm sure there was some uh, public or some friend's land that was close by when you were a kid. You would sneak off to to do like squirrel hunting or bird hunting or something like that. And then you get to high school and you can get a vehicle, right? And then you can get out and That's kind of travel a tiny little bit. Yep. And then you get to, to adult life and it's almost like you're, what you're doing and your life is much different. You were much different. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, <laughs> uh, you lived out there. You were basically the silver spoon of the hunting. Basically exactly. born in the outdoors. Yeah. But um, Molded. so my question to you was, was it like it was for, for yeah, us no in Montana where – 
the more money you got, the more you evolved, or did you just have goals in sight to be different, like to get to a point where you're hunting in Western Montana yeah. using different strategies? Eastern. Well, moving to moving to West. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you're hunting in Eastern yeah. and then you're, you're evolving from that and you're going to Western hunting tactics. And sure. like, what was that process for you? Like, you know, coming up, we had, we had a little bit of property there at the house. Of course, squirrels and rabbits was big. Um, and then deer hunting, we got on a club, you know, down in South Georgia that had, you know, I don't know, 2000 acres or something. <clears throat> and my father would take us down there. And then when I would go to Alabama, there was plenty of land there that was, um, it's like a, a timber, a timber mill. They make paper, you know, pulpwood. So it's just a bunch of pines. So it was all open for hunting, you know, so we had plenty of land there to hunt coming up, but it was, you know, trying to move from Eastern to here is that back home, you know, we've got a tree every eight foot, you know, that stands a hundred foot tall or whatever here. You got a sagebrush that's every eight feet, you know, but, but no, uh, you know, not that many trees and you can just see everything. And that's what's, you know, that's what, that's a big transition from, from back home, from growing up, because if, if I was here and I could see that animal that made the hunt, but back home, you know, the animals there or, you know, it's, it's hiding, you know, but you just can't see it. Right. And that sometimes that made it hard. It made it tough hunting. So I feel like after hunting both places now for for many years, that back home really made me a better hunter than it would have if I was here. Okay. Because, you know, here you can see the animal from a long distance. Home you can't, you know. So are you it, saying like more patience? Yes. You use the same skills but just in a different order, That's essentially. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got to learn. You got to find it's the same, your same skills. You got to find the peach point. You got to figure the areas of travel, feeding, bedding, water, all that kind of stuff. But back home, you could be fifty yards and miss it. Where you can be sitting here on a on a canyon or coulee, mm -hmm. and you can see the whole coulee, right, for a thousand yards. So it's like you, you know? your your decision on your stock is a split second That's right. back home, mm -hmm. but here, you know, you got five ten minutes if oh, you see him okay. at a thousand yards. Oh, that, yeah. To make your plan. That's right. It's obviously tough. Obviously, it goes both ways too. I mean, I'm sure there's like there's definitely situations here where you better get it oh. over with. Well, our, right. our west side of, of course our west side of the state spot that we we hunt bulls is is you can't see more than seventy yards. Now. That's right. And I mean, it's tough. It's, it's a big difference on the west side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I know that just from knowing you that you have like very well trained labs mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So like that's that's also what I'm wondering is like when did the transition to you become like did you just get bored of other stuff or did you want to sharpen your skill as an outdoors? So one of my best friends, he was training labs at the time. And, um, I, I guess I'm the type of guy that if, if, if you're doing it and it's really cool, I believe I can do it as well. You know, I want to try. It's, it's not a competitive thing. It's just, I mean, that's just another skill set that's mm -hmm. in my toolbox. You know what I'm saying? So he, he was actually, he trained my chocolate dog, my mama dog. He trained her. And then I watched him and I would go and participate with that. So I was actually, he was training the dog and he was training me at the same time. So, and then after that, I picked up my next labs and I've trained them all. And it's, uh, you know, training a dog is about this right here. You got 65 days that you're going to hunt birds. Right. But 300 days, they're going to do this right here. They're going to sit here on the couch or they're going to 
be a good dog. It's about the personality and the companionship. That comes well, well the biggest thing is a lot of people take their dog to a trainer. That's right. And then they get their dog back. Well, well, the dog ain't doing what it done with the trainer. Well, of course it's not because the trainer is its master. That's right. You know, and then they'll lock them up in a dog kennel and they'll take them out 40 days a year. That's right. That dog's got to be your best friend. That's right. That the dog's working for you to please you. Mm-hmm. It's not just a tool. Yeah, that's. I feel my, like a lot of people kind of run into that where it's just a tool. You know, my chocolate dog. I would actually. I was taking her and speaking about that very thing. I would have speaking engagements where, um, for even for corporate businesses, leadership skills. Because if you've got a good leader, the dog would do whatever I asked her to do. You know, because why? Because she trusted me. You know, and because I was I was the authority figure for her. So, you know, it's the same thing in business. You know, you've got to have a good leader um, to be successful and you need a good point. You need a good leader. If we go leading somebody to try to kill something, you know, let's do our very best. Let's be our best to make that happen. So it's uh, it's it's fun. How, How many different states in the U.S. have you hunted in? Oh my! Um, I'm probably hitting mid twenties, probably. Wow! Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's goals, right, Sean? That is. That's huge goals. I'll tell you. Let me tell you one of my fondest memories about um, that I can remember that you told me about dogs. Is you're probably the first person in my life where I understood that that mentality. Um, I'd never seen a dog before. It was either like guys would, you know, you'd go water hunting with a guy and it was either you had a dog that was loosely trained mm-hmm. and um, not very, not obedient at all. Mm-hmm. It was terrible to be around. Did not, I mean, it could go get birds, but like the whole, every other part of it, running around the blind, yeah. stuff like that. Or the opposite side, you had these guys that like, I'd hunt, I'd hunt with uh, presidents of Ducks Unlimited stuff and, and guys that were just on that higher end of knowledge and spent probably $10,000 on their sure. dog. And it was a tool. They'd put it away and whatever. Yep. And you were the first person that I remember the first time we went duck hunting and your dog was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could you could command it mm-hmm. to sit on something. And I felt like you could have drove to the next town and it sure. wouldn't have got off till you came back. Yeah. But then it was going to probably go sleep in the room with you that night and yeah. cuddle with you on the couch. And that was the first time. Like, that's that's where I was just like, wow, like, if I want a dog, I, like, I want it to be my best friend too. And I don't want it. And I want to... Yeah, it was like the first experience I had where it was yeah. with you and that ideal. I don't want to put I don't I don't want to put my dog in a kennel and only pull it out to go hunting. You know, that's not fair to the dog because mm. the dog has so much more different giftings than just retrieving, you know. It's um that best friend I was telling you about, he's now training dogs for veterans, for service dogs. Oh, very cool. So he's moved from hunting what he his knowledge there into training canines or not canines but you know labs and different dogs for for veterans and um and it's the capability of a dog is is phenomenal do you You think it's easier alan like like having your your mama dog and having a litter or getting another dog hunting with that dog you don't have to you still have to train them but it's not as hard as it was with the first dog because you have a leader yeah it's you always want to put you always want to put a pup with a with a mature dog with with the right kind of dog, but you got to control the. Um, you don't want the dogs to become tug of war, you know. You don't want mm-hmm. to become a battle against the dog. You want the pup to learn from the older dog. The same thing, the same way you will learn from your dad. Exactly. 
and that is about the experience. You get, you learn. We're visual learners, and so are these dogs. These dogs will pick up on it because you can say, "Here they come," and the dog will instantly look up, you know, and start watching. They just learn that because it becomes fun to them. To oh, here comes the bird, and they'll lock in on the bird with you, and then the pup's doing it. Well, that that's, that's well, well that that's exactly how it went with Trapper Dave. I that's mean, right. with all his dogs. Yep. He just put it with another dog, yep. but then they were competing, not not so much for the bird, but for his attention. That's right. You know, who could bring the bird back and mm-hmm. get the praise for bringing the bird back? Well, then he had three dogs. I'll never forget when we had that that hunting show. Yeah, that's right. When they came down, yeah. we had a guide at the time, and he said, well, I ain't going to go. You, I'm not going to be made a fool of with your dogs that's never been trained. Yeah. Well, them dogs were diving under the damn river. Remember right. that? Yeah, I mean, they, right. they hunted their yep. butts off. And they've never been trained. They were just pleasing Dave because it was their best friend. That's right. So yeah, I mean it's it's a you put them together. I don't I don't like hunting a bunch of dogs. You know, one time uh, you definitely want a well mannered dog and a blind with the guns. You know, around. And are all your dogs female or male? Oh, female. Yeah, <laughs> same. A, a male dog. You know, all they're, of us, they're, all they're of us doing, guys. They're are doing three you know? things: they're either <clears throat> pissing, fighting, or screwing. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I, I I have definitely seen some like they're just like I feel like with a male dog <laughs> I feel like with a male dog it's like you're either gonna have an absolute stud, the best hunting dog you've ever seen, or it's just gonna be exactly that. That's right. My brother's dog is um uh, is a male dog and he's a machine. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's he's won every ribbon you can win and he's top notch, but he's he is a he is a bird retrieving machine. You know, we'll go pheasant hunting and He'll come back with a fuzz. We're like, did you shoot? You know, he'll just catch him. You know, he go, well, Drake's got his limit. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> this is how it works. But I mean, it's just when like, when you've got a good dog, it makes your heart feel good. There's yeah. nothing like having a good dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trapper Dave had that dog star, and she brought back a, a grouse. Yeah, out there at the ranch, and Dave let it go, and she just looked at him, and she went to the pickup, and he had to drive her down the road and bring her back to get her to hunt. Cause she was just pissed, you know. Yeah. I just brought you a bird, and you let the dang thing go, and oh. I'm done. Wow. You know, when I was training my dogs, I guess the the best thing about it, my best memories was when I involved my kids, because my kids, you know, they throw the bumpers, they they throw the birds, or they'd go hide behind something, throw the you know throw the bumper training bumpers out, and still to the, this day, both of my kids can work a dog, you know, and man, that's that's what it's about. Is just being involved as a family and friends and and experience and it, it don't matter if it's hunting or if it's training to go hunt whatever it is if you practice shooting your bow, you know, um, it's it's all about that experience. That's what makes it great. Um, you probably don't know this because you've been busy. Work. You're usually busy working during the the early winter months, kind of the last couple of years, just because of the California deal. Yeah. Um. So like December, basically waterfowl season. Yeah. And I've only told you this through story, but it's been an amazing, it makes you feel like you're part of, not part of something, but you feel kind of this good feeling. Ramsey and I have hunted Trapper Dave's property for duck hunting for like six or seven years now. And we built a blind and stuff down there. And one of the coolest things for us every time we got down there is, and I drove this old, it was like an 03 Chevy or GMC and it had yep. exhaust on it. And that dog at Dave's, and it's an old dog. I mean, oh, it's Daisy. Daisy's oh, yeah. been nine, 10, 11 years old. Um, the second she would hear me coming in, 
uh, she'd be at the back of the oh, pickup yeah. and we'd walk down together every morning yeah. and the dog, and it's like, she would sit right next to me and hunted like no other do- like dog. And right. she was, I mean, not like she was a prize winning dog, but she's one of the best <laughs> duck right. dogs I've she ever is. seen. And it was, so I had her, we was up down hunting on the river and, uh, had Daisy and my dog and Daisy, you know, she, she might be a little, um, big, a little healthy, you know, <laughs> yeah, she's a healthy girl. And she's, she's a healthy girl. And mine was fit and toned, you know. So my dog was running two birds to her one, you know, on the river with all that current. Well, Daisy just, you know, here she go. And she, I mean, she never missed a bird, though. But she would bring it back, and I laughed because she was hiding the bird under a log. She wouldn't give it to nobody. She would stick the bird under a log so my dog wouldn't get it, you know. That's awesome. So she had her pile, and, and, you know, Dixie had hers. And it was, that's that's stuff you don't forget, Yeah, you know. I'll never forget that. Now Daisy's kind of getting to the point where I don't. She's kind of she's yeah. retired, yeah. you know. Yeah, and uh, I've retired I'll, mine. So. I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, cherish, that. cherish that those moments. That's it was right. just like you, yeah. I don't know. So to finish this up, guys, does this conversation, the way it turned into, does it get my two not waterfowl hunters any any excitement to to maybe do it this year? Oh, I'm I'm definitely hunting waterfowl. Good, good. If yeah. it's warm, Sean, yeah. I, I, yeah, every time you've asked me, what I'm, are you talking about? I'd we got a go. blind with a heater in it. Come yeah. on, uh, yeah. So, we'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more with Alan about um, his transition from his early life into you know how he came to Montana and that relationship and whatnot. So, uh, give us a second, we uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. So, the father and son, you know, on that experience, you know, when I took them was. We had seen a smaller buck. All I seen was horns. And I said, we need to go now and go see what that is. And I said, get out. Let's go. And so whenever I said get out, of course, the blood starts popping, you know. And then so we're going over, and I'm trying to trying to find the deer for the dad. And he's focused all. He's, you know, focused in one spot. And I just look over. And I said, well, there he is. I said, well, hey, hey. Shoot that one, you know, and he's, he's sucking wind and he, he laid down and he shot it. Well, then he hit it, but it ran up on top and his son was trying to get to it and to take a look at it, you know, to see what was going on. And he was running. So both of them was running, you know, they're, you know, they were excited, you know, just trying to get to the deer. And, um, and I was like, Hey, shoot that one again, you know, but it's just, it's about, you know, from, from that standpoint, as far as guiding goes, you know, from that side or, or trying to take someone hunting at home or whatever it is, you got to step back and you got to look at the big picture so that you can make that family experience happen. Right. The best that you can. Yeah. You know, because it's, that's what it's about. You want to give that father and son that opportunity to have, to finish that hunt up. Right. Like and it needs to be. like Ramsey and I, we've talked about on the podcast, we have a buddy that moved here from Germany that yeah. we took him out hunting for the first time. And <clears> I don't know if, Ramsey and I together have hunted that hard on our Mm -hmm. own trying to get him a deer for his first deer. Yeah. I mean, we were pulling out all stops. I mean, every single stock that we could think of, everything that we could do right, we were doing and it didn't end up working out. But I mean, still taking somebody out, even somebody that's been hunting for 10 years and Mm -hmm. taking them out to a new spot, that's, it's so much fun just to sit back and be the, you know, like guide in a sense. Sure. Well, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, it was the same thing with the turkey hunt. I mean, you and you and Dylan came down, never been on the ranch before, and uh, we hunted hard, a lot harder than we would have been. Me and Riley, we never hunted that hard. 
You guys probably would have never even gotten well, bed before 10 I, This is what I like to say this. Is, it's kind of funny for me to to give Sean shit. And that's not even shit. It's just like I say this and he he's like, that's ah, not true. But I, I like saying it every time anyways. Uh, Sean's like, so you have your kids and, and maybe your future grandkids that you, you get that feeling of like sure. excitement for yourself because you're helping them out. That's how I feel with Sean because Sean's only been hunting for like five years. Yeah. And uh, he gets, ex- he's like a little kid every time. So he gets that excitement that like, I don't know yourself ramsey had that excitement when he shot his turkey Ram- Ram- and ramsey's the same way too yeah. like these like i don't know i'm kind of i'm not numb to it anymore for myself yeah. but i have like i've narrowed it down to like the only passion i have is like bow hunting elk right sure. but like to see other people I thought excited, that changed on turkey i mean you can't lie. it was fun it was it was amazing like it's yeah. it's every outdoor opportunity you get is fun you have yeah. to take it and like own that memory forever because you'll never you might never get that back that's exactly right and so, yeah, so, like, Sean's, like, my favorite person to hunt with anymore because he gets excited on anything. Yeah. And Ramsey, too. So, you know, the talking about experienced hunters taking them versus non. So, a good friend of mine is a, he wasn't – it's been a while. He hunted when he was young. So, we went goose hunting. So, we was going to lay down blinds. We was hunting a puddle. And uh, I had us all set up. And we got there. Well, the birds had come in the middle of the night. You know, it was a full moon or something. They'd come in and landed on this pond. And they're there. So we'll show up and it had a little bit of fog and we set up all the decoys. So I had my floaters out in front of the blinds and I started hearing the, the geese, you know, and I started, I started calling where well, they came swimming, you know? <laughs> and so the greatest memory of this deal is that I wait, I said, no, wait, wait, wait. You know, so we're sitting there waiting. There's four of us and all my floaters are out in front. Here comes all the geese. And I said, take them. And some we pop up out of the blinds and he shoots or of course, I shot and hit him. I was trying to find me, and I kept seeing this decoy do this. <laughs> he, he shot one time, the old decoy went blue. <laughs> it floated up. Shot a second time, come back up. He shot a third time, and he's out of bullets, you know. And I'm like, hey, why are you shooting a decoy? He said it was it wasn't dead, you know. <laughs> he got so excited though, but he did. I said, just pick you one out and kill it, you know. And but he got so excited. He just shot that same because that's just the excitement. Yeah, you, you can't know? even give him shit because right. it was so the moment. You won't never, I won't never forget that. You know, and he won't never forget that. But uh, you know, it's 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 fun to have the opportunity with new or experienced hunters versus non. Um, you know, and coming out here, it's different. It's different, but the but the hunt is the same, right? You know, um, it's just a different setting. Alan, I mean, I had a question. How how did you even like find out about two leggings and and your adventure into moving towards Montana to hunt? I mean, how did how did that all come to f- flourishing? Sure, we uh, uh, my father and myself went to a hunting show and found an outfitter who was selling Montana deer hunts and was like, "Hey, that'd be pretty cool to go on," you know. So we uh, we looked into it. So we ended up getting three hunts: my father in law, my father and myself. Um, 22 years ago, you know, we oh, wow. bought a hunt, um, out of Chattanooga, Tennessee at a hunting show. And, and we came first time I ever been on an airplane. First time I ever been West. It was the first time for everything, you know, and we showed up here and ended up at two leggings and with Dave and Patty. And, you know, of course, Patty sells the hunts. It's not, a, you know, it's not Dave, it's Patty. Okay. Patty's cooking what brings everybody back. That's right. right. Uh, so, you know, I got to come experience the uh, the big Montana um, food and uh, the big sky. But I'll never forget that first hunt. 
I don't know what happened, but the Big Dipper was in the North Sky. And it didn't at home, you know, you look at the Dipper and it's just here. But when I got to the Big Sky country, it stretched across the whole sky. You know, I'll never forget that. So that's how we started 22 years ago. I come out, um, fell in love with it just because of the, the chase, um, just because of um, the experience of, you know, we come from whitetail hunting in North Georgia, which, is, you know, if you get a 120-inch whitetail, right. oh, boy, you got something, you know. If you see somebody, I, mean, I killed one that was 150-something last year but or two years ago, but it was – you know, that's, that's a trophy. That's a major trophy. But you get here and you see muleys, and instantly, if you've never seen a muley, all you're comparing to is a whitetail. So it's like, you know, bullwinkle does. Yeah. So, so yeah. like a, like a dink yeah. is a huge one. That's right. That's, yeah. And, like, I have a buddy who's, sta- who's in the Army station down in Texas, and he's showing all his buddies down there pictures of the mule deer he shot up mm-hmm. here, and yeah. they're all from the south. Sure. And they're just – Jaws are dropped. Oh, yeah. Like holy, that thing is <laughs> yeah. huge. What are they doing for work down there? Oh, he's in the army. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they should be able to afford. Just go ahead and give him the two leggings outfitter. Yeah, that's right. I will. Information. So, so, <laughs> so is that the only outfitter you've used in Montana, Allen? That's the only one. That's the only one. And then it became family because as we got older, absolutely, I was able to bring my wife. And then after that, we started doing vacations, and we would just show up at two leggings. Because it was family, you know. Um, I'll never forget the tire swing underneath the uh, cottonwood tree and Dave and Patty pushing my kids while my wife and I was able to relax. So it was, it was like that was grandparents, you know, growing up to my kids. And my kids remember that. So now they've all been, we've all came, we've all. Your daughter was here last year? Last year. Yes, yep. Sir. Yep. So, um, she was the first to uh, break the seal. There you go. As soon as yep. as soon as yes. blood hits yeah. the ground, it's yeah, because it was tough. Up it to goes fast. It was really tough. Yeah, and I guess I don't know. Um, as much as you were probably heard stories from us, but we talk about it a lot on here about how last year was the most unbelievably mm-hmm. difficult situation ter- everywhere. Yeah. It was That's terrible. Right. But anyways, but you know, we so we came so vacation wise as a family. Uh, we did a lot of two-week vacations, two-and-a-half-week vacations, 15 days. We'd take off and, and come up through Yellowstone, but we always came back to this part of the country um, because I had a part, it was part of me. You know, it's been 22 years of me uh, seeing the big browns swimming up the river in the winter, wintertime, seeing the rainbows caught, seeing my kids, Little and, you know, Dave in the boat, and just trying to catch fish and just the memories of Montana uh, overwhelms and takes dominance over any other place I've ever been. So, you know, like as soon as I landed today, my son sends me a message when I sent him one and said, Hey, I made it. He's like, your second home. And that's what it's become, you know, because uh, we have a relationship. Absolutely. And it's memories that are made. There's <laughs> never been a time that I've been to Montana that a memory's not made that I'll always cherish. And it's not just me though. It's my family and the people that have never been here. They get to experience this because of the the testimony that I come back with, you know, mm-hmm. my stories and all this stuff. So it's almost like that they was here and they, but they wasn't. Well, it was kind of funny. Like today, I mean, when you landed and I left and it was, I'm going to go get my brother. I That's mean, right. it's not, yeah. 
Al and us. Yeah. My brother landed. I got to go yes, grab him at the airport. That's right. And um, so that's what that's how it's all come about. I mean, we was here. Uh, I went to the, my first hockey game was in Billings. Oh wow! You know, really? so I've never been to a hockey place. Chinese hockey to play game. for. And, competing uh, teams. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I never been. My wife and I was here on our anniversary. It's December the eleventh, and I was like, "Let's go to hockey hockey game." So I called them up. I was thinking, "I've got to get reservations. I got to get tickets." And they're like, "No, you just get them at the gate." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "This don't sound right." You know, I'm thinking big league. You know, that's what I was thinking. Never been. So we, um, <laughs> so we show up like an hour early. Nobody drank a lot of beer then. No, <laughs> nobody was there. The concessions even open. We went in and the janitor was sweeping the floor. Like, <laughs> hey, can I get tickets? I'll just go have a seat somewhere and come back and get them in a minute. It was real relaxed and um, we. That was the best time we ever had because here's what happened: our Montana experience, first time at a hockey match, uh, a busload of special needs kids showed up. And we was sitting half court, I guess, or whatever you call it. And we were sitting in their section. The best time with those guys. Those little special needs, you know, kids. They come in, Down syndrome and stuff. They came mm-hmm. in and we had the most phenomenal experience. That's awesome. They get up and beat on that glass, you know. <laughs> and and my wife was like, you know, she got the hollering, screaming, and we just enjoyed it. And that's memories that comes from Montana. You know, and I guess you, you guys come to the house. Well, I have some kind of memories as well. Okay. That's yeah. what it's about. It's just, but you you got to get out of your element. You need to get away from home and experience stuff. But to be honest with you, I could never leave Georgia because I haven't seen all of Georgia, you know. But there's still plenty to see in Montana as well. Because and this is for you, Trapper Dave. He's been asking you to come to and he's to, to uh, Florida for yeah. for twenty years, yeah. so get your ass down there while you can. That's exactly right. <laughs> Did you at least get to see the hockey at the Metro? Here, or, yeah. yeah. So, okay. well, they it's up at the where's Centennial it? now. Yeah, they they, yeah, they, they pulled the it. Was up on the hill. Good, you got to see it. It's a good yep. place. So they was playing Helena, I think it was it was over. So that's who it was. We finally have uh, indoor football again. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. That's that stadium is actually the the last. Uh, high school hockey game I played in. Oh, really? Yeah, and I got kicked out for trying to fight the other team's coach. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Way to go, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, you were wild in your younger days. We've all got a few wild oats, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so 22 years being here with Trapper Dave at Two Legs Outfitters, what's your biggest memory with Trapper Dave? With Dave? With Dave. Oh, boy. I mean, there's got to be a lot of them with a lot of morphodite words, but there's got to be one special memory that sticks out above everything. Probably he and I was trapping on the on the river. It's just me and him. No pressure, no nothing. And it was more recent. But, you know, he's getting older. Yes, sir. And... uh we go running up in the jet boat and he pulls it over and jams it into the side of the bank. He crawls out, you know, his, his old self. And he, of course he's fighting the, uh, you know, moss. Well, no, he's fighting the, the trap. And of course he leaves it in gear, you know, sitting there against the bank. And I'm going, Hey, you need to be careful. I got this, you know, <laughs> but it's just that determination of being at that age. And, um, he said, you know, let's do this, let's do that. And 
we'll come back and there'll be a beaver there. But it was just how he handled it, you know, because of his all the years of doing it. Uh-huh. You know, me, I'd have never left it in gear. I'd have tied the boat up. I'd have got out, walked down the slide, you know, set the trap and went back up. Him, no, man, it was just like clockwork. So that, to me, that was really impressive. Yeah. But I guess my most memorable moment with Dave is I got up one morning. We was going to go up to the reservoir. My wife and I was here and we was going to go fishing up in the reservoir off the pontoon. You know, just yeah. Patty went with us. Christy went. And I walk out the front door of the lodge and he's been over in the yard. And I said, what are you doing? He said, hurry, get the big ones. Grab the big ones. I said, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's grasshoppers. And he was grabbing grasshoppers just as fast as he could get them and put them in that little homemade, you know, grasshopper box. Yeah, yeah, and that thing's and, awesome. Oh, is it, it is. Not? It's phenomenal. It's got like yeah, a, it's got a little rubber it, it's lip. It's got on like it. a a mesh yeah wire on the outside with like inner tube rays overlaid yeah. inner tubes, so it opens but it closes. It's it's real, but uh, he was get the big ones, get the big ones, you know. And we went and caught smallies, and and I asked him when we got up there, I said, "Why have you never told me?" about this place. Why have you never took me up here? Why did it take 20 years for you to take me to the reservoir? Because there's smallmouth right there. And do you realize what we've got an opportunity on smallies, you know, catching those smallmouth bass? I mean, people would pay thousands of dollars to go to the Great Lakes to catch mm-hmm. that same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's right there, you know, 40 miles from days. Front That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And a beautiful Canyon. One of the most, oh, it's- one of the most, it's stunning. I mean, just well, well, it reminds me of being in the Grand Canyon with yeah, pine trees. That's right. Yep. Well, and you know, a lot of people in Montana, I, they that are the average fishermen, I don't think they really know that you can catch smallmouth bass that's in Montana. Because right. right. most people, I had a spot um, in high school that I would go to, and I mainly went out there by myself, maybe occasionally with a buddy or two, but uh, you catch. You know, maybe pound and a half smallmouth bass. Yeah. They're small. And I was telling a buddy about that, and he was you can't catch smallmouth bass in Montana. I was like, bullshit. Yeah. I, and I caught one. So, yeah, I was just going to say this. It was uh, seven you were ounces young. away from the state record. Yeah. No kidding. Out of, the, yeah. out of jelly, dude. Right right down the road. Um, He was young, and I just remember this. We were fishing. It was the weirdest thing. Wow. It was like a... A runoff creek almost. There's a channel off the river. Yeah, that went into the main river, and it looked like a swampy, like, catfish hole. And he was using a bobber and worm. And we pull in, and, like, I'm telling you, we were so young, we didn't even know, like, fish species that well. (laughs) And so, like, we pulled in, we had no idea what it was. And then, like, you know, obviously we found a smallmouth. Yeah, it's a smallmouth. And it was just like, and then this guy, like, came by with a stringer full of smallmouth. And we're like, oh, I guess there's bass. And largemouth. People don't know a lot about largemouth. How big big was it? It was like, fuck... I think it was three point eight in the state. I think record. the state record four point five. Four, yeah. yeah, four and a half. But yeah, and you know the most fun I've honestly ever had fishing was fly fishing for largemouth bass in, in oh, Washington. Yeah. That was oh, really? so much fun. I mean, yeah, it's we're, we're catching largemouth right now. It's seven to ten pounds. Yeah, that's just, unbelievable. We'll never get to experience it no. unless we come see you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just consistently. Wow, it, yeah. it's it's a lot of fun because <clears throat> it's like fly fishing for pike. Yeah, because it's such an aggressive hit. Right. Even on a fly rod. Yeah. And I mean, even for how small, I mean, maybe you're catching two to maybe three pound largemouth on the higher end. But when they breach the water yeah. and hit that fly, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you do much fly fishing? I do. You do? Yeah. 
yeah, we, we trap fish a good bit with it. When you have some like open days, uh, if you ever come like in the summertime, you should come spend like a morning with us. Um, there's a place right next to my house. Yeah. The dumbest trout fishing ever. Like this is where we were last yeah, night. Yeah. Okay. Um, You'll almost get bored. Like yeah. there's 20 like catching. We'd have some summers. Well, I was actually talking to Chumley last night when. I'm on the phone. He's got me on speakerphone. He's like, "Oh, fish on! I got a fish on! I got a fish on!" Yeah. Well, Ramsey was captain, boat captain. Oh yeah. Tonight, so I was like, "Y'all are not catching nothing." Yeah, I have to show Matt. Those and then videos. I got the video, and it's going round and round in circles. And I said, <laughs> "That ain't catch nothing." What are you talking about? Oh, oh well, what oh, sucked so. is the damn pond turned over last yeah. night, so we couldn't catch shit. That's but we we caught thing. some. When those big lakes at the house turn over, it's like the Loch Ness monsters coming up. I mean, stuff yeah. comes. I mean, it's crazy. Exactly what what we experienced yeah. last night. But anyways, like, but, there was summers <clears throat> uh, in the last couple of years where we'd go out there, and it's this is literally walking distance from my house. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to come sure. come check it out. And Matt still hasn't come down when he needs to. And we could catch eight to in a three hour period every night. We'd go after work. Yeah, eight to 10, 20 plus inch trout. And these are the, these are the craziest trout. They'll jump. 20 feet out of the water, oh, not yeah. 20 feet, excuse me. <laughs> Whoa. 20 inches, they're, maybe. Two, two feet. <laughs> they're oh, jumping, yeah. and they're typical, the most fun fish to catch. 20 feet, they're jumping over yeah. a semi-truck <laughs> when they're coming by <laughs> yeah, the highway. Yeah. yeah, they're dragging us onto the highway, but yeah, no, we got to we gotta get together and do <laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, and, you know, and, Matt, as far as like, you know, with two-leggings and Dave, um, Dave, in his unique way, has, has got a – he always makes it happen. It's like if, if no one has killed one, you know, killed a deer – He's like he he knows that one little spot. It's like it's got. Oh yeah, it's almost like it's tied up. You know, it's got rope burn on its ankle or something. You know, or or this one little fishing hole. Or let's do this. He always makes the right call. At the, and he's always calm and collected. He don't get excited. But, well, we know. talked about that. I don't know if you've listened to all the podcasts, but a while back, I'm like. With Trapper Dave, he's like, well, you took a piss over there four days ago, and sure. it's like, well, that was four days ago, you know. Yeah, but. He does know that ranch mm-hmm. and the river's like the back of his hand. Yeah. And uh, usually by the third day, is like, I got to get something on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like everybody in the group's holding out to see who's yeah. who's going to shoot. So then we kind of have the size we have to beat. That's right. Do you care if I have a little tangent real quick? Absolutely. So I've been, uh, I'm four years behind, but I've been recently binge watching Yellowstone. I just finished it. And a lot of the old guy, especially the the main character, um, really reminds me in a lot of ways of your dad, just on like knowledge that's just unreal, yeah. like just unreal like quality. And what I what I want to get at here is, as someone that's like uh, I'm in the early stages of like my guiding career, right? I'm just learning. Absolutely. I'm getting taught everything. And what I really appreciate appreciate about Dave is he could take me out there and he could be like. This is what I want you to do. Every I want you to do this, 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 and this, and then you need to take them here. No, he doesn't do that, and Matt doesn't either. They they want you to to find your your own spots yep. and figure they'll they'll give you the tools you need, mm-hmm. and then they'll they will teach you to like you need to find your own areas to you know don't it's not going to be easy. You need yep. to earn this, you know. And that I guess I correlate with that between that show a little bit, and uh, the kind of the funny thing this year is I ended up. In the in the Ranger with Dave at one point, and and he looked back to me and he was like, you know, I uh, kind of hate doing this right now, but I'm taking you to one of my honey holes here, and I can't tell you all my secrets, uh, but that's just kind of like respect thing I have for for those two is they kind of make me earn it and sure. and learning my own. Well, know. that's the same thing with Alan's been with us long enough. He's kind of taken over and and helped us when we have big groups in, but uh, I actually had Alan with me two years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're driving and we're having a good time. And I think we had the radio going and we were bullshitting. And 
I come over the hill and I'm driving and I was like, I think we should stop and maybe look at that deer. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess we put our binoculars up and like, oh shit. Yeah. Well, now we're starting to run and yeah. we're trying to get a gun and, you know, but the memories me and Alan have had just, just ourselves is usually you run into shit when you're not looking for that's it. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what's crazy is you, like you say, you won't be like Dave. You'll never be Dave. You know, you'll never make it to that status, mm-hmm. but you'll make it to equal a status by being Riley, you, mm-hmm. Sean, you know, Ramsey. Yeah. We, uh, we are in my business at home. They always say, well, who's your competitors? I don't, I compete against one person. That's myself, you know, so you got to learn your own way. You, you hunt your own way. You, you, you approach things differently and the approach is what it all comes down. I don't care if you're fielding a ground ball in baseball. If you approach that ground ball the wrong way, you're going to miss it or you're going to get lit up by it. You know, if you approach that curve and it's wet too fast, you're going to miss that curve. Mm -hmm. I mean, it comes back to like what I told you when I said by the fifth week, I'm passing up shit that you guys want to shoot. Yeah. Because I've already shot that. I want something bigger than I got that first week. Yeah. Or the second week or the third week. Every week I'm trying to better myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got a client going, well, God damn, I really want to shoot. Well, no, I know there's something better out there. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like that TikTok, you know, don't guide the guide. I'm going to, you know, that's my job. I'm going to take you to something huge. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just trust me, you know. And and that's what, you you grow that bond with one another. And that's what you get with Dave. I mean, he always comes through. It's just, you know, it's not a guarantee. But 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 you've been up here several times where you've been home empty-handed. Oh yeah, I've taken a tag home. Yeah, but but it was by choice. Yeah, but but the thing <clears throat> is, is that memory of that empty tag is oh, yeah. probably bigger than the memory of oh, taking yeah. horns home. Oh yeah, that's exactly right. It's not about the kill, you know. I said that from you know from the beginning of this. It's not yeah. to me. That's not what it's about because there's all so and, much more. And Alan can tell you, like you guys haven't been around Dave. Riley has. But how many times have you got the lunch, Ellen? It's been like, uh, oh shit, I'm in trouble with Patty because yep. I forgot half the lunch. That's Ellen. right. Yep. And it's not the first day. It's not the third day. It's still the fifth day. We That's still right. have the same problem. That's right. And now Alan's been here long enough. He's like, okay, I know Patty's got everything on the counter. Yep. I'm going to go put everything in the cooler. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to put it in the truck because I really want to eat that cake today. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I really don't want Dave getting screamed at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no, it's uh, that's one thing about two leggings is the full experience. It's not. I've been a lot of places. I've been very fortunate to get to hunt all over the country. You know, I was dropped off in um, in New York, Upper New York or Upper Maine. I'm sorry, Upper Maine. I was dropped off in a big plot of land. Had a sack lunch with one sandwich, an apple, and a bag of chips. You know, I don't know about you guys, but that's not going to hold me over. You right. know, I'm, uh, I like to eat. And that's, you know, I, there's a lot of people that come back just to eat because they take care of you here. You know, it's um, Patty cares. She, it's it's family. Everybody it, it, comes in as family and she'll do, Patty and Dave will do whatever it takes to, I mean, within reason, you know, uh, to take care of everybody. It's a, It's a good experience. It really is. And and your wife, how long were you and your wife married when you brought your wife up? Uh, three, I see. So three, four years, three or four years. Yep. And that was the first time I ever guided you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, yep. I met you several times, but several that was times, the first right. time. And I'll tell you what, it was muddy. 
we actually had an elk hunter, so all the four of were at camp. Yep. And uh, we woke up the next morning, there's a foot of snow on the ground just raining. I mean, it rained. I, I think mm-hmm. we ended up with like seven and a half inches in it's 24 bad. hours. It's bad. Of moisture, yep. not just snow, moisture. Yeah. So I borrowed a four-wheeler from a buddy out of Billings. Mm-hmm. So I get down there about 10 o'clock that morning. Me and Dave and my Uncle Steve, we ride in the camp, get the other two four-wheelers. And we had, I think, Bill Drury, mm-hmm. you and your wife, and mm-hmm. somebody else, another, another group. Another two guys. Yeah, I think at West Hexen and yeah, somebody was, else. Was, yeah. yeah. And uh, we finally go, well, we get off the hayfield, and mm-hmm. we get back up there, and there's this buck. And I'll never tell you how proud a husband can be of a wife when his wife made that shot on that yeah. deer and just just watching them too and it made me think of you know someday when i get married that's what i want yeah and i was able to experience that with my wife yeah. and i'll tell you what you three when that happens someday it's life-changing yeah. so i was going to bring this up from the beginning <clears throat> from knowing you at this point and then obviously seeing you know obviously i can't i don't talk to you every day but I see your social media stuff. I've never met a guy that loves his wife more than you do. And I have massive respect for it. So with that being said, Sean's getting married this July. Do you have any words of advice for him? It's very simple. It's very simple. Um, She's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I was headed in the wrong direction. And uh, she saved me. Just to be quite honest, you know. And uh, she has given me two of the greatest things that a man can ever have, and that's that's my kids, because that's my whole world. My whole world revolves around my family and my hunting experience, uh, my business, everything that I do, I do for my family. But my wife is the uh, uh, the keeper. She's the rock. She's the anchor. She's strong. She's very quiet, very polite. She don't get worked up. She has a little red streak that comes out in her hair every now and then, you know. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> marriage can be it can be what you make it, and you can make it uh, as much as you want it to be, or as least you can make it hard or whatever. Um, but you know, we're going on twenty twenty two years now, and. Uh, I'd do it all over again with the same woman, you know? So it's, uh, and it's super awesome. Cause she also has a passion. Oh yeah. Just, just like you. I mean, yeah. when they come up, whether they come camping, mm-hmm. like you guys went to Yellowstone last year in the yep. Jeep and yep. hung out and came to Trapper days for Shut like, prairie dogs. Bit. Yep. Yep. And, uh, but seeing them two together, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, Alan can talk and she can finish mm-hmm. and, uh, you don't, you don't get that very That's often. Right. And the key word, what he just said was together, do it together, do as much as right. you can do together. Now she's not going to want to do everything you do and that's okay. And she don't need to be just like you. She needs to be a little different than you because that's what makes you complete. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what marriage is about. Marriage is about taking two people to become one, but they complement each other. You know, she is, she's, she's very good. Christy's very good at, um, you know, uh, you need to watch out. She's she's got a pretty good head on her shoulder. You know, she'll warn me where I'm just like I'm like boiling through this. You know, let's go. I I I don't sit back and watch. I just let's go make it happen. She's like, oh, you need to do this, or you may want to think about that. And that's what makes me complete because I'm I'm not complete in that area. And I, I want you to find if you're about to get married, I want you to find 
it's good and it's good to talk about it. You know your weaknesses, mm-hmm. and a man don't like to talk about his weaknesses. You know that's just the bottom line. But you yeah. know them, and she, if she can make you complete in that and help you with that, man, life's great. Life is great. Absolutely, go do it. Take her fishing. You know, mine sent me a picture here not long ago and reminded me because I took her fishing a few years ago and she was holding a bass, largemouth. She said, "I would like to go fishing." like my grandmother did again because her grandmother used to go all the time catfish. She loved to catfish. So even though she don't want to go, we don't, she don't live and breathe it, but it was a memory, a childhood memory of her grandmother. It's been passed down to her. And now we get the experience with our kids and we'll be grandparents before long, you know, it's coming. And, um, so grow old together. Don't get, don't compete against this world man this world's crazy mm-hmm. you know you love her for a reason you're gonna marry her for a reason mm-hmm. and stick to that let that be your foundation grow it you're welcome sean wise words <laughs> um very wise words thanks alan that was <laughs> that was great um on top of that let's ask what the boys would like to hear now uh 22 years of coming out to western montana mm-hmm. what is the biggest mule deer you've ever seen can you remember the situation? Yeah. Um, and then the the biggest, I was just talking about the, the big, the big two, you know, elk and deer. Like what's yeah. the situations that just, I'm sure like blew your mind a little bit or mm-hmm. do we need to go to break and then come back and talk about it? Yeah. Let's finish up. With yeah. That. Let's, uh, we'll be right back and we'll do like another little 10, 15 minutes of, of some fun stories and segments with Alan and we'll be right back. So Alan, before we left for break there, Riley asked you a question about, uh, your biggest, elk and your biggest mule deer that you've encountered in your deer. 22 years in montana so let's start off with that you know so i've been putting in for a, a rifle elk tag for 20 something years <laughs> and still haven't got it i don't know what they do with my preference points but uh uh anyways um i would love to have that opportunity because um i seen a bull in a canyon one time that would uh i mean it was there's no joke. I mean, it's no question. He's 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 that four hundred. He's that four hundred bull. Oh yeah. Bottom line, and I can't describe it to you, you know, but I promise you that nights I lay in bed and I think about it. You know, that's just the <laughs> bottom line because you know we'll go we'll go out on you know any ranch or or we'll go we'll go through you know traveling throughout West Wyoming, Idaho, and you'll see stuff. But still to this day in that one canyon. There's that one bull that's, you know, he's 400. He's, he's a 400 inch bull. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. It's just, there, he's got, he's got all the character. He has it. You know, he's, he's, a, he ain't got to worry about scratching because he's already scratching. You know what I'm saying? Out of his back. And I seen him and he was going up. He, he turned, he looked at us and like, here I am. Take my picture, you know, and I'm just going. You dog, you know, because <laughs> just rubbing it in. He goes, any other time, you'd be like, we're going to shoot you in here. I, there's nothing you can do. Your hands are tied. Right. They're, they're mind I, readers. You, no, they know. Oh, yeah, they know. Yeah. It's just like they know when season opens, when season closes. Oh, yeah. They know what shooting light is, you know, every, all of it does. But, you know, that that's the biggest elk. I mean, I can just tell you 400 inches. But you want me to describe them? No, it was the, a wow factor. It's like. Jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. Words don't. You, do it you're more. Yeah, you're can, more focused on the moment than you oh, are yeah. 
the yeah, actual elk. You know that you can't do nothing. But how do you, you describe watch. that to somebody? You, you can't. Can. Yeah. You have to experience it. Yeah. You have to experience it. When we've had that same scenario, oh, yeah. the three this, of us on our, that, we call it, year. right, yeah, our, we call it our Narnia spot, but we, we had, we have that bowl, like, like oh, you yeah. guys have the fire bowl. We yeah. have, it's. We will find those sheds. Oh, yeah. It's just because I'm an elk magnet, dude, everywhere I go. Sure. And it was, it was, it was the, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast, but I mean, that was just the weirdest scenario. And it was one of those moments where we were just driving around in the ranger bullshitting, spotted some elk. And then there it is in the, in the mix of it all. Yep. Could, could you agree? Everyone in here has seen a bull of that caliber. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So oh, yeah. does anyone agree with me that like that bull, you said you made eye contact with mm-hmm. it, you made this. This look at it. When they get to that stage, that almost reminds me of like the most alpha majestic wolf or grizzly bear or like that same feeling you get of just like that is the, yeah. that thing is a bad dude. Like some like yeah. the most uh, impressive the men. That, yeah. King of the forest. Some of the most impressive men you've ever seen. Uh, world leaders, stuff oh. like that. Like that's the same like awe inspiring thing that a bull like that gives me. And like it makes me even more like want to get, want to make an opportunity to and, get I mean for all you guys I'm asking I'm gonna ask you this question is in that moment was the first thing that went into your head I need to kill that bull no no the first thing that went through my head with that big drop time remember that drop time yeah. bull out there yeah was uh God painted me a picture <laughs> that I could never tell that's somebody right. that's exactly right yeah I mean it, for me it was it was that oh wow factor it's that you're not a hunter at that point. Oh, no. No, you're a spectator yeah. by all means. It's like, you know, if you go buy a brand new Cadillac, you know, it's like, oh, wow. You know, you got the top. You know, it was you pinnacle. You'd, you'd hit the top of your of your experience. And, yeah. So it, it was good. It was good. You know, but, I mean, that's the experience. But learning, uh, learning how to deal with that on the fly, I think that comes from my father. My father kind of, he was a first sergeant. So, you know, he he brought us up, you know, hard, but good, hard, but good. And he and we learned, he taught us by leading, by experience, but yet he'd say, here, you go figure it out, you know. And that's the same thing um, when you have an experience in, in work, in business, whatever it is, that same wow factor happens in my business, you know. It's just that that drive to have that opportunity to be a part of something. And that's what my father has put in me, you know, and the same thing with that big elk, that drive, that experience. I've got something under my belt now mm-hmm. that, like you said earlier, less than 1% will ever have. Yeah. Just because I've seen one, not even taken one, but just to be able to see one. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I, I would say like killing is almost like fifth or sixth on my thing of seeing giant elk anymore. Number two is like, I'm going to find this shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's uh, life-changing, honestly. I'll be yeah, honest, it, though. I'm weird enough. Yeah. Because we saw... So that scenario that Sean's referring to where we saw that bull. Yeah. In the same group, there was, there was 13 bulls and oh, eight, eight right. cows. Yeah, I know where you're going. One of those bulls, the its fur was jet black. Ah. Uh, like Angus cow jet black. Mm-hmm. Fur. I would have had a hard time deciding between that 400 inch bull and that jet black, right. that yeah. jet black raghorn. That's right. I, cause in, in my eyes, you know, you're that black bull, you'll never see another one again in your life. Yeah. That's almost you why you should it. let it go though. I don't know. Well, the very best thing I, 
is is that picture of that big buck yeah. that I have on my phone that was I ain't shitting you from here to to the driveway. And uh I got pictures of him because that morning Dave made it clear that you're not shooting no damn deer. You're yep. you're going after cow elk only. Yep. See him we get back at lunch, I show him the picture. He's like, Well, why didn't you shoot him? You know, and it's like, well, god damn it, because you made it clear this morning that I can't <laughs> shoot nothing but an elk. But uh that picture will be more to me than having it on the wall. Oh, yeah. Just the fact that it still was out there, it still that's right. produced, it still bred. And and that's the thing that like a lot of people don't understand is like that battle that you have in your head every time, like when you see a giant mule deer or a giant elk, you're like, man, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should shoot this thing. Like, look at him. He's just living. That's right. He's the doing the be- same thing that I'm doing. The very best hunt I ever had was, was Amy's dad had cancer and it was pretty much his last hunt and we knew it. And Dave told him, he said, Keith, you can shoot anything on this property you want. I don't give a shit. You see it, you shoot it. Yep. So me and Darren, we hunted our asses off for three days, and we put him on just a pig of a muley, mm-hmm. and it was back up there on Drop Time Canyon. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keith gets out. He's about 140 yards away and jacks a bolt and a gun, and lines up over the hood and pulls the trigger. He goes, click. Mm. Darren and me look at each other, and we're like, what the hell? Jack another shell and jack another shell and Keith Calmly got the gun, got back in the truck, and he said, "That's a dead deer." That's right. I looked at Ke- at Darren, and we we're both like, "What do you mean, dead fucking things running away?" <laughs> he said, "It was in my crosshairs, and that was a dead deer." Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because of the cancer at the time, but that I'll never forget that hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, we put him on a pig, and he didn't even bring bullets with him. Yeah, he knew he wasn't going to shoot before we left the house. What about that? You know? Wow. Well, and, and you know, there's always. There's always those moments when you're when you're out hunting with, you know, a guy you hunt with all the time or somebody you've never hunted with before, and when you see that big elk or you you know see that big deer and and Ramsey and I had another scenario like that um, shoulder season the first year we uh, that I actually went to that property. Um, that was your first time ever on the property. Yeah, and we were shoulder hunting, cruising around in the Ranger and saw these we saw two mule deer they were you know they weren't uh they weren't dinks but they weren't huge and about 30 yards off to the left of them was a 200 inch mule deer mm-hmm. and both of us just stopped and we looked at each other we're like man i hope we see that guy next year yeah but i mean we sat there and just watched them for 10 15 minutes they just doing their thing sure but you and you and i still have that like Three of the five of us in here have shot trophy class mule deer. So, like, you and I will always have that awe until it happens. Like, I don't know if Ramsey even, because he shot that big one a couple of years ago out there. So, I don't know if he really gets excited anymore. I, I tell you, I think I've said it on the uh, the podcast before, but when I looked at him through the binoculars, you know, I was 20 at the time. I was like, yep. That's my deer. Mm-hmm. That's my deer. And I and I got I missed the first shot. Just dead to rights. I was a foot under it. Got him on the second shot. When I walked up on I I started bawling. Yeah. I emotion just the hunt, the stock on it, missing the mm-hmm. shot, whatever. Oh, I was those tears running down my face and 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 my girlfriend at the time, she's like, Why are you crying? I was like, <laughs> You don't understand no. the magnitude of that experience that I just well, had. I mean, even the technology we have with binoculars and things like that it's like 
it doesn't do it justice when you're looking through your, your binos at it at, at a range. I mean, you know it's a big animal. Yeah. But that moment when you get it on the ground yeah. and those first few moments you walk up to it. Put your hands on it. Is, it's life. Do you have any similar mule deer experiences? Your wife. Or whitetail even in yeah. my Yeah. You know, when she shot, she had never <clears throat> pulled the trigger on a high power rifle. So the whole time coming out here, I let her shoot a twenty two rifle at the house and she drilled <laughs> tacks with it. It's all about putting the crosshairs on it. And uh so I brought that gun because it was a Thompson Center single shot. I had a seven thirty waters barrel and a twenty two barrel. So I brought and put the seven thirty waters, you know, it's just thirty thirty neck down seven millimeter. And uh so I had it and then I had my two forty three and we pulled up there. And I said, here, shoot it with this one. She said, I haven't been shooting that gun. And I said, shoot it with that one. And, buddy, she held on. She shot. She said, oh. I I gave Matt the gun, and I left her with Matt. But I was gone because I didn't want to hear it. And uh, But, you know, that was was a fun experience. Oh, yeah. It was a fun experience. The look on her face, I'll never forget it. (laughs) It was good. It was good stuff. Kind of like your bear. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen this guy excited in you, forever. You know, it was wild. My favorite mule deer memory of being here is with a dink. And it's when I brought my son. And that first morning we pull in and, you know, they're out there in the field and his little head hit the window. Thunk. You know, he was looking so hard. He got so excited. Bam. He drilled his head against the side window trying to look. Daddy, look, look. You know, he was so excited. But even a dink can do something special. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and and just riding around with you guys that whole day, oh. I didn't even have a tag in my pocket. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had. Yep. Besides when I made you cry out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I ever met Dave, too. Was oh, boy. With you guys. Yeah. And I remember you guys must have had a string of bad shots because I shot that deer, and Dave's just like hugging me. He's like, God damn it, that was a good shot. Oh, that was a hell of a shot. I'm like, that's Dave. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, awesome. I'm that was pretty cool to really hear about your life story coming up to Montana. And um, I got a couple little segments to, to finish this up here. One is I'm going to ask everyone in the room to go around the circle here. And uh, we'll start with Matt and end with Alan. What do you call um, an area in the woods or the mountains or the prairie? like a deep deep cut in the earth <laughs> that you would spot animals in what would you call that a canyon canyon i'm gonna go cooley i'm cool i'm team cooley i'm team cooley <laughs> it's a holler <laughs> that's what it and is, i bring this boy. up because it's the first time i ever it's heard this was with these southern boys up guiding <laughs> and uh the holler i can see why you call that mm-hmm. i can you said it was deep though it's got to be a canyon okay well a coolie is not deep yeah. a coolie you just you drive over and you can drive through it and you can go up the other that's, side that's your opinion and you can die on that what hill, about man. uh there's another one too uh so there's coolie canyon uh ravine mm-hmm. so what is a ravine there's a ravine's draw. a draw draw yeah. mm-hmm. A ravine you can't get out the other side. Yeah, yeah. A ravine, ravine is deep. Yeah. yeah. A ravine is what you shot your bear in. Don't even don't. A ravine is Alan, you can't have planned that any better. So after I shot, we go down, we do the video and everything, and 
Ramsey puts it over his shoulders, and me and Sean are almost at the top up to get rope. And Sean, you know, well, that fucker ain't going to outdo me. So he bails off the hill. I'm like, well, take the rope with you. I mean, you came up, or he didn't even take the rope with oh, him. No. He bailed off. Then them two are competing. They get that thing up. the, And we shot it in the the canyon going up the ford. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, the one you're not supposed to shoot nothing in. Yep. The yeah, one Dave said, exactly don't even look over there. <laughs> yep. That's where I shot that. <laughs> Thank God it was a tiny one again, yeah. a dink. Yeah, but it was my dink. That's right. Yeah, and it's tiny until you put it on your shoulder. So, you know, at home, a holler, there's a lot of things happening in the holler at home. <laughs> all these, all these, it can be the redneck holler, it can be the trailer park holler, it can be the hunting holler, it can be, you know, where the ghost lives kind of holler. All these, um, country songs are starting to make more sense to me now. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, hey, it hasn't been since the hot tub scene that we had to deal with airplanes coming over. Sure, we have right. the window open, so forgive us. But okay, um, Alan, do you have a do you have a dream hunt left on your on your deal? Elk, stag, anything along those lines? Yeah. We talked about one. <laughs> Which one did we talk about? The Alaska one. The Alaska one. Yeah. Um, my brother guided and up in a new river. Uh, Good News River Lodge. He did some salmon fishing up there. My nephew and him did some guiding. And you can actually, um, you can go in up there and you can be dropped off and do a float trip out. You can duck hunt, fish, and kill something, you know. But uh, I think that kind of experience to be dropped off and just to have the opportunity to kill, you know, just to hunt something on the way out, I think that would be, that's my dream hunt. You know, to be able to go do, I think it's reasonable. It's within reach, but um, but you know what? To be honest with you, when I have my grandkids <laughs> and we go squirrel hunting for the first time, shoot them tree rats. That's gonna be that'll be the hunt of the lifetime. I like See that. my grandkids that kill something. I like that. That's yeah. a good one, Matt. I think my dream, dream Dell is going to be going to Alaska with Dave. Yeah. Going up to his little place he has in Alaska, his right. special place, and go halibut fishing, catch yep. some king crab, maybe shoot another black bear. Yeah. Um, I think that that's probably my dream hunt. I'd love to go stag hunting. Don't get me wrong, but my dad loves Alaska. He, he loves does. loves catch a can area, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that would be a dream trip for me. Just to experience with my dad. Yeah, do it, man. As soon as you can. Yep. Sean? Oh, no, no. No, we're going in a circle. Oh, we're <laughs> doing me next? Um, I don't know. I go back and forth on it because like, I think that everyone's um, go-to statement is to go shoot a red stag in New Zealand, yep. which, yes, I mean, of course, it's a dream. Uh, actually, my dream goes more than that. It would be to, to catch giant browns um, on the rivers there and then go kill one. But, no, I think like as far as like realistic hunts go... Um, I don't know. I Josh went on the. He's uh, coming to North Georgia to hunt in the hollers, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to get down and down in the holler with some. I don't even know. Uh, they did a trip up to Alaska and, and a place that you guys wouldn't go. It's not really like up your alley. It's more of a. It's like rivers floating for. I don't know. They caught like hundreds and hundreds of um, salmon and rainbows and uh, steelhead and. Uh, just giant fish on streamers. Arctic char and stuff. Arctic char and just stuff like yeah. that. I'd love to do that for days and then uh like a moose would be pretty cool, mm. I think. Yeah. Oh, I've I've dreamed about this. I wanna I wanna 
not only just for the animal, but I want to go see the caribou migration. Oh yeah, up mm. north. Oh. I want to go. I just want to go see it. That would be iconic. And, and caribou, a DIY is reasonable. Oh yeah, go do caribou. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I mean, but we should all do that. Like seriously, the cool. five of us and get Dave involved, yep. and all these ideas here where, are solely for the purpose of that? us making these hunts come up in the future. <laughs> where did we watch that? Um, did they do that on Meat Eater, or was it something? Yeah, yeah probably, probably, yeah. probably. You uh, and just seeing the yeah. pure mass of animals, yeah. like or anything in British Columbia. I'd do anything in British Columbia. There's yeah. giant fish and big yeah, animals up there too. Ramsey, you, you stole the you stole the wind from my sails, buddy. That was it for real. Caribou hunt. Yeah. Wow. That would be cool. I got or, one more. Have or, you done caribou, Alan? No, I have not. Caribou, or I want to do Sounds a like Bull Mountain river, going to river-based hunt moose hunt in Alaska. Yeah. Those would be cool. We go out there for 14, 17 days, fly in, yep. camp on the, on the riverbed, look for moose. Okay, one more little quick one for my waterfowl hunters. Always wanted to do Barrow's Goldeneye and Harlequin up in the Alaska Bay. So if yep. we can ever make that happen, that would be mm-hmm. another giant thing on the bucket list. But uh, awesome. Thanks. So we could do the little fun little deal at the end there. Yeah. Um, Alan, thanks for coming along. You're thanks for. No, we haven't got Alan's yet. Come on. We got Sean's. Yeah. Sean, he, was first. Yeah. he was he first. He was first. He wanted to go yeah. shoot squirrels with his grandchildren. Are you paying attention? Oh, yeah. What are you doing? Did you get, right? <laughs> Did you get into the Scott Tarus again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, like that, that, that keg might be tapped up there. Matt's. Uh... Yeah. Look, look here. The most important hunt to come. Is the next one? Yep, that's right. Hundred percent agree with that. Bottom line, the next would, would, would you be game for caribou with Dave? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it would be a show. I promise you that. And you got, but you got to bring your son. Oh, we can do it. Yeah, we can do it. But yeah, the next hunt is yep. the most important one yep. because the the following one's not promised. I like that. you know. I love that. The I'm, next one I'm is oh, that should be our motto. The next one is the most Seriously. important hunt. All right, we're copywriting that from Alan. That's Bull Mountain Brothers. That was motto now. That's free, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) Perfect. Um, But yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for coming. Like, I mean, we didn't even talk about this. Uh, You're literally on your way to a turkey hunt right now. That's right. You gave us three hours to sit down with you and really get to hear your stories. And yeah, those boys are driving around Billings. They're probably just shit faced as far going, God dang it. He said we'd be there by five. They're, they're just pumped to go hunting and Alan sitting in our studio. Oh, they're making it there by five. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're in good shape. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for yeah, coming. Hopefully we can have, much. I mean, we'll have you on again. Have you on Absolutely. Sunday again. Whether we're in Georgia doing it with that's, you. That's or, what needs to happen. Oh, Absolutely. That, that would be I mean, Would that not be fun? To All this stuff, Bull Mountain yeah, it travels yeah. real well. You know, yeah. I got to think about rednecks. And, uh, you know, that song is actually true. You know, he talks about he pulls up at a gas station in Ohio and he's got a, you know, Copenhagen can and, and he's wearing boots. You know, rednecks, we're all over the place. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's just, we got geographically, we're challenged, you know, language <laughs> barriers here or there. But you know what? We're all rednecks at the end of the day. So. Right. Absolutely. But because uh, we all like the outdoors. That's right. Yeah. We need to do like a. If um, that's the name I have to wear to enjoy the outdoors, and, I'll wear it all day long. Yeah, that's right. And you're going hunting for how many days and where are you going? We got three. We headed out with Dave. I'm going to go with Trapper Dave and uh, let him scratch on that old box call he got. And uh, The sweet and nasty. The sweet and nasty. Yeah. Sweet and nasty. So and and old Riley, he's pretty good at the sweet and nasty. Yeah, I mean he he called in Tom after right. Tom. Mm-hmm. I uh, you know what's different with turkeys from Easterns to Merriams, it's it's a different it's a different type of calling. You know, 
these birds are very vocal. Back home, they're really smart. You know, they're, the Easterns is probably the toughest bird to kill. Really? In my opinion. These birds here are fairly easy. You know, they're, they're a fairly easy bird mm-hmm. to work. Uh, Rios are, you know, go to Texas and hunt them. They are phenomenal. I mean, it's a... Uh, um, they they have bigger beards. You know the beards here don't get real big. You know that you have a nine inch beard, ten inch beard, but you know we hit that twelve and thirteen inch beard range. You know what was the There's, one y'all killed? Uh, uh, they're mine, about eight. Mine was nine and a half. Yeah. Sean's yeah. was nine, and I think Dylan's was right around nine. But too. you're hitting. Dylan's we're hitting paintbrush beards I at think home. Biggest of the weekend. You know banana size. I mean, you know, right. you're talking about 12, 13 inch. Well, if we yeah. we missed out on some. I mean, there's oh, some up there that oh, are like there is. like oh, in that in that two dragon. inches the two inches of snow that we had by the last day. Yeah, you could see the drag marks. Oh yeah, I bet there's 13, 14 inch beards yeah. up there. But you know, Tex Rios are fun. Um, but you know, just, have you ever gone to Mexico? To to Mexico? No, I have not. So my wife says that there's actually a turkey in Hawaii, and really, she says if you'll take me to Hawaii, I'll buy you the turkey hunt. Well, so, sounds like a done so, deal yeah, to me. That's what I'm talking about. So that's what we're thinking. You are 25th. It's coming up here in a few years. I'm going to go dip my feet in so, the sand. Yeah, I'm going to go to Hawaii. Right. You just got some ideas, man. It's like it's like a half breed of a peacock or something. It's real. I mean, can you beautiful. explain that one to Amy and maybe we can yeah, double date? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, well, this is, well, you've probably done the double up deal where you shoot the Eastern and then you go yeah. shop here and shoot yeah. Miriam. Oh yeah, uh, maybe we can do that sometime. So do you have do that next year? Have you got all three? Nope. You still waiting on the real? There's four. No, the Osceola. Oh, the, the ugly one. Florida one. Four. The South ugly, Alabama. The ugly ass ones. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. Traping over their head. Yeah. So the Easterns are probably the prettiest. All, would, all the way around. I would well, agree with that. You're a turkey guy. We're we're hunters. Yeah. We're not big turkey guys. Yeah. It took me a, a, a little bit of just sitting down and, and really. Uh, understanding the difference between like a Merriam and an Eastern, they're really not that much different. What I've noticed difference is the the tips of the feathers, the ours are white, mm-hmm. yours are brown. That's right. And then like the back feathers um, on right before the tail feathers are more brown on yours than they are ours. Yeah. And the heads are bigger on the Easterns. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We, a little bit bigger turkey. But there's definitely like, if you're a guy to put fans on the wall, like you would have different, oh, you would, you different would, fans. The fans is where you'd tell it in a heartbeat. You'd say it instantly. Instantly. And when the sun hits those fans in the eastern, man, it lights up. It's like a neon show. It's it's beautiful. When I think of an uh, eastern, now that I've really looked at them, when I think of like that brown eastern yeah. fan, that's like what I think of when I see like every hunting cabin show with a turkey yeah, thing in it, like right. with the brown on that's it. Like right. you don't really see much white tipped feathers. You know, eastern stretches the, all the way up. I mean, it's it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Probably the most common, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Yours, yours is from what, Nebraska up, I guess, maybe. Is okay. that right? Probably is, is that the the yeah, line maybe oh, yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma yeah, I think's got some yep. Rios I can't remember kind of where the line is but I think they go um, are we all Miriam's all the way into California no yeah are they not in California no. well so Matt's the Californian here so he knows yeah, that's right <laughs> resident Californian he's he's immigrant now um, no, not six months guys we're gonna get <laughs> me in trouble here um, not six months I think we could probably do this for the next five hours we could yes, uh, and I just. Great stories, Alan. Great time. And, and we're definitely going to have you back on. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Let's get um. You guys want to come south? We'll do it. So, hell yeah. Catch yeah, you. You get your boy, uh, Bozeman, down to, to uh, Nashville. Pretty cheap flight. You need to get your boy to, oh, to oh, get us out. You go catch down him. there and go hit Nashville for a couple of nights oh, and yeah. then go fishing with Alan. Or I wouldn't mind catching a 10 pound bass. So, if you want to tell Blake to. Yeah. 
to get us. I mean, unless you're, you're better than Blake, I don't know. No, no. no. Blake does pretty, it every day. So. He seems pretty. Uh, yeah. We could fly in the Nashville adequate. for three days and then fly to Florida for a week and go on the boat. Yeah. We can make it. We be a hell of a trip. See, Sean, you, you've learned a little bit trip. here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> be like, hey, we're going to Florida. Yep. Honey, you, you can, can do whatever you feet. want. You can soak your feet, and I'm going to go fishing for a couple days. You bring her. Christy will be happy to sit with her on the beach. She used to she used to live in Florida actually. No oh, really? She lived cool. in Mexico Beach. Oh cool. That's a cool place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool place. Oh yeah. Thanks everyone. Thanks, boys. Glad That's to have good. you yeah, on. Thank uh, you. Alan. These interviews we'll are kind of a, on the next one. Kind of a special, special deal for us. This kind of takes us out of our norm a little bit. So we get to get a little more a little bit sentimental here, get a little bit more serious. Um, and uh, it's been a blast. So we'll catch everyone on the next episode and stay tuned for the next one. Catch you on the next one. Thank you. Catch you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear. Bull Mountain Brothers.